Hello and welcome to the final episode of the Mac Report for the 2021 season. Now, unfortunately, this is not going to be a whistle-stop tour of the weekend's fixtures with local Macclesfield celebrity Pete Langley, but in fact, we're going to be joined by each of the captains from the senior sides to give a brief overview of the seasons and perhaps discuss a few sort of performances of the season and talk about where each of the respective teams have ended up. So firstly, it gives me great pleasure to hand over to club and first team captain James Cross. Crossy, how are you? Not too bad, Miles, yourself? Yeah, I'm uh, not three bad at all, mate. Thank you very much. Um, listen, we're here to discuss and give a bit of an overview for the season in general from the first team's perspective. Um, yeah, what what were your your initial feelings for the season? Um, so, with quite a young side, it was uh, it was always going to be a tricky year, sort of like a bit of consolidation really in the league, and and sort of like trying to make sure that we that we maintain our status as a Division One club. I think was was amazing, obviously. We got some very good young talent coming through. At times, we had uh, we had an average age of, of probably uh, very very low twenties, if not teens. So it was fantastic to see so much youth in the club, and and like you said, uh, try and consolidate our place in Division One, uh, bring through a few young players, and then look to progress a little bit further later on. Yeah, very good. And I, and I think certainly, um, you know, all of those aims were kind of ticked off, really. We did manage to maintain our position in Div 1. Um, after, you know, the first half of the season, I think there was obviously a little bit of concern there because we did find ourselves starting to fall towards that bottom of the table. But, um, you know, surely enough, when a few players came back and, you know, a bit of availability improved, um, some of the performances picked up and there were some notable wins, which kind of carried Mac um, towards safety. And then by the end of the season, I think it was with two or three games to go, we were we were pretty much safe, weren't we? Yeah, and it's always nice in that sort of stage where you can relax a little bit. Like, and I know it's a bit of a dull season when you're not fighting for promotion or relegation, but we actually got the hardest first six fixtures that we could have had. Um, so the first half of the season or the first half of the first half of the first quarter uh, was always going to be tricky, as, as was the third quarter. So it was heavy reliant on the sort of second quarter and fourth quarter, uh, certainly in my eyes, and, and that's where I managed to do the job. And uh, and like you said, a successful season for the ones. Yeah, well, we're going to move on to talk about um, a few bits of stats here. You know, we also we all love a bit of stat badgering, don't we? And then we might talk about a sort of notable performance, um, you know, from the season. But firstly, just taking a look at the batting there, um, you know, the two standout sort of performances are from yourself and John Birchall. John Birchall there, 24 games, uh, two not out, scoring 514 runs with a high score of 87. And yourself, 24 games, 448 runs with a high score of 63. Yeah, so looking at the batting firstly, obviously, um, you know, yourself and John Birchall, they're probably the, the two outstanding sort of contributors in the runs department. Birchall with 24 games, 514 runs with a high score of 87. And yourself, 24 games, 448 runs with a high score of 63. You know, firstly, from an individual point of view, are you sort of happy with that return? Would you have liked to kick on a little bit more? Certainly, a little bit more would be nice. Personally, I think uh, my certainly my league stats are a little bit better than that. I certainly focus especially on the on the league games. Um, sort of, sort of try and get the average up a, up and around twenty five thirty. Tricky season, but then it was uh, it was quite a tricky season captaining as well with with a number of issues. So it was sometimes it was sacrificing 
And like you said, but hopefully next year we can push on. Uh, me and Birch can aim to get 500 plus league runs and, and that'd be a good target for us as batsmen. And then obviously uh, try and add some runs. Certainly Angus had a good spot then at the time. So uh, he's certainly one for the future. Jack Massey scored a lot of runs this year as well. Uh, down the order, so that was promising. Miles Bradshaw, again, brilliant. And then we saw some uh, we saw some good runs from from Elmo. Elmo won us the game a few times, and and then Frenchie uh, came in uh, for a few games in between to to sort of like keep us safe. So so future future looks bright, um, especially batting wise. So certainly it's something we could possibly recruit for next year, and we're, and we're looking to recruit a little bit. But, uh, but it's always a good sign. Very good. And, and just moving on to the bowling here, um, you know, again, the sort of uh, standout performer there, Mars Bradshaw, um, coming into his own as, uh, you know, opening bowler, seam bowler now, gone are the days of Mars Bradshaw, the uh, the leg spinner. But Milo bowling 156 overs, 31 maidens, 35 wickets, with a best of five for 56. Uh, ably supported by John Birchall again, 151 overs, 29 wickets, and uh, Jack Massey as well, 152 overs, 23 wickets. You know, again, looking at the bowling, you know, how did you feel that went largely throughout the season? Yeah, no, I was pretty happy with it as on the whole. Like, obviously, there were some games that we struggled, especially when uh, sort of like a good, experienced batsman came to the crease. Um, there were times that we did struggle a little bit. So it was good to see sort of like Miles um, coming through as a, as a good opening bowler. He even played a bit of Cheshire twos, which is fantastic. Um, Birchie, again, always consistent. Jack Massey, obviously first-choice spinner doing a job. Uh, Morza opening the bowling for the majority of the year as well, which is excellent. And a, a big shout-out to Ben Kerwin as well. He bowled quite a bit and uh, managed to take a five for at home against Sale that won us a game. And, um, you know, the other thing that I wanted to touch upon, as as you mentioned there, um, a number of sort of young players coming through, um, the likes of, I suppose, Miles is, is still a young player, obviously, but Ben Kerwin, Jack Massey, a little bit younger than that. Um, Bradley Porter made his sort of debut in the first team a little bit more as a bowler, it has to be said. But then there are also some opportunities to give um, some sort of experience and, and a bit of exposure to the first team, to the likes of Finn Nash um, and others. You know, how did you feel that went in terms of uh, sort of blooding some of the younger players? It was really, really good. Like you said, it was a good opportunity this year um, to do that because uh, at times we needed players to come in from the twos um, and it was a good opportunity to bring sort of like uh, a, a bit of a rotation of some youth um, from the twos up to the ones where they could experience that slightly higher level of cricket and, and sort of make sure they're doing something as well. So like you said, we the, the people that you mentioned there, Ben Kerwin played a fair few games and he bowled fantastically. Brad Porter bowled brilliantly, um, managed to pretty much win us the game at Grappenall to get us our first win um, and then has batted really well as well. And then you look at the likes of um, Sam Hughes came in, bowled fantastically in a T20 against Nantwich, um, actually taking out their captain and two Cheshire players. Um, so, so it was really good um, from from that perspective. And then, like you said, Finn Nash coming in, um, didn't bowl so much, batted a little bit, and and like you said, managed to hit JJ for a big six from from Bollington, which was a 
which is a personal highlight for himself. Very good. Now, talking of highlights, mate, just before we uh, wrap up and move on to the second team, um, I'm going to be asking each of the, the captains to talk about a sort of moment or performance from the season. I know you mentioned young Finn Nash there uh, spanking JJ for for a big six, but uh, was there a performance of the season that you think warrants, uh, you know, a bit of a discussion? I think probably on an individual basis, it was it was the game away at uh, Davenham. So it was it was the turning point of the season, just coming up to it, and um, we needed a win. A win put us a good few points clear of relegation. Davenham hadn't won a game all year, um, so so we we're in a slightly stronger position than them. But it was crucial that we actually won that game, and we started off really well uh, with the ball. Miles Bradshaw taking four forty-four off his thirteen overs in the end. Uh, Brad struggled a little bit with the ball, went for thirty off three overs. Angus came on, bowled pretty well. Jack Massey bowled pretty well. Uh, well, Jack Massey bowled very well, one for thirty-six off twelve, and Birchy one for twenty-seven off ten. And it actually, the problem was it was it wasn't the best of decks, and and Dave them actually managed to get to two hundred with some resilient batting, and and like I said, we just that day, it was a very fast outfield and we bowled an awful lot of four balls, um, which is something that we certainly need to improve in the future. So, because we did take uh, we did take eight wickets in the 50 overs, but sort of like getting the balance between attack and defence, so we're not chasing too many runs. Um, then batting-wise, we started off pretty well with French and uh, Gus opening the batting. They got us to about 50 for one. And then there was a little bit of a uh, mid-order uh, collapse. Now, the the only standing man that really stood out for that whole time was uh, a young John Birchall. Um So Birchy Birchy batted four that day and went in at the score of sixty seven for three, um, and actually managed to take us to uh, one hundred ninety one for seven. Uh, ably supported by um, Brad, who grafted for for a long time. Didn't get many runs, but grafted and sort of like rotated the strike, strike very well onto Birchie. And then uh, at the end, uh, sadly, Birchie did snick off. But then um, Miles Bradshaw and Jack Massey finished the game off for us with, with an over so to spare. So it was a really good team performance. Like I said, we bowled all right. Um, there was a bit of room for improvement, but but it was a really good chase. Like chasing 200 on, on a slightly dodgy deck is, is always tricky but like you said the the main the main man in that was John Birchall who got 87 off 88 balls uh with 10 fours and four sixes so I'd say that's uh, that's probably my performance of the season. Very good, mate. Well, it's it's good to kind of get a glimpse into the first team. Obviously, like you say, set out with some aims at the start of the season. And, you know, it's nice to hear you say that you feel like you ticked the vast majority of them off. So uh, the only thing really left to say is onwards and upwards, Crossy. Precisely, precisely. Looking forward to next year. Like you said, hopefully we can uh, push in a slightly different direction rather than trying to stay up. We can push, uh, push to certainly get in the top half and and then uh, maybe next year or in a couple of years we can push to try and get back in the prem when the youth gets a little bit more experience which would be nice very good crossy and last thing to say is you know congratulations and well done to you for uh, stepping up and your first sort of full season as captain um i know you've had uh, a lot of influence um not just on the pitch but off it as well and i'm sure everyone would join me in, in sort of thanking you for that and uh, we look forward to next season yeah, 100%. Thank you very much uh, 
to, to sort of like everyone that supported me as well. So we've had a little cricket committee, uh, the other captains, so yourself and Frenchy, um, have, have done an exceptional job as well. So thank you to you guys and, and everyone at the club and thank you to all the players for their efforts this year as well. Crossy, it's been a pleasure. We'll speak soon. And now moving on to the second team, I'm delighted to welcome back second team captain, Adam Longshaw. Longus, how are you? Oh, good, Miles. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, very good to have you here. Obviously, uh, the season started for the twos with with Chris France, special mention to Frenchie at the helm. Uh, but, you know, developments and, and selection and availability, obviously Frenchie stepped up to the first team. And, of course, you stepped into uh, the French one's shoes. Um, first question, mate, how, how did you find uh, sort of uh, reprising your role as uh, standing captain, if I can describe you as such? Yeah, I mean, you know, I knew as soon as Frenchie moved up to the ones that, you know, having seen him back for the twos a few times early in the season, that it was going to be a permanent thing um, and that he was going to sort of keep his place in there if he kept scoring runs, which he did. Um, you know, having had a bit of experience coach, sort of uh, captain the, the twos before in previous seasons, um, I knew what sort of challenge I was getting myself into. Um, I was looking forward to it. You know, we had a really good sort of blend of, you know, some really talented younger players coming through um, and a little bit of experience on the side as well. So I knew it was going to be a bit of a challenge, but... Uh, yeah, one that I was relishing, to be honest. Excellent. Well, I mean, I'm sure everyone, you know, firstly appreciates um, you stepping up uh, for two reasons. Um, of course, for doing a great job and, and taking up the mantle and the helm, but also for uh, sending me back to Captain the Third Team where I belong. So uh, congratulations to you for that. Happy self. <laughs> Very good. Now, look, mate, obviously, you know, uh, come the end of the season, uh, a, a difficult one, and 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 you know, tinged with some disappointment there at the end. Um, obviously, we've we've not been on for the Mac reports uh, for a few a few weeks, mostly as I said before, because uh, you know everything just gets really busy and tense at the end of the season. But um, for those that perhaps haven't caught up, do you, do you want to sort of fill in the situation heading into the last few games and and maybe lay out where the twos found themselves? coming into the end of the season. Yeah, so sort of all of a sudden, um, it got quite close in the second eleven league. Um, and sort of barring Marple, who had been relegated um, with about three or four games to go, there was about four or five teams left in the hunt with, you know, a bit of a, a sniff of, you know, potentially going down. So um, that included us as well. And, you know, there was about four or five teams. Everyone had to play each other. It was all sort of relegation six-pointers at the bottom. Um and, you know, we managed to win, I think it was one out of the last three, but unfortunately didn't get enough points to take ourselves over the line. So found ourselves the wrong side um, of the relegation line, as to speak. But, you know, anyone who's played in that division before knows how difficult it is to stay up. Um, and I think, you know, we all appreciate that, you know, we've played some competitive cricket this year. We got really close on a few occasions, but... It wasn't quite to be, to be honest. Yeah, um, you know, uh, as you allude to there, the, the two's prem is an incredibly hard um, and, and strong league to play in. Um, you know, most of the, the clubs in the top half of, of that division perennially um, will have, you know, one or two... Uh, Ex first team players who are, you know, perhaps uh, winding down their cricket but still playing at a very high level. Oftentimes they have uh, younger sons or daughters coming through, that sort of stuff. Um, and of course, they're always, you know, canny bowlers around. And indeed, sometimes there are first teamers that are dropping down to find some form. Um, put all of that together, especially with, you know, the big sort of powerhouse premier first team clubs the likes of Didsbury and you know Chester Borton Hall it, it makes for an incredibly difficult league doesn't it yeah I think you know we all knew that it was going to be a tough task at the start of the season 
Um, and actually, you know, despite the fact that we've gone down, there's been some really good performance in there. There's been some really good results. Um, I know for me, you know, one of my highlights that it's been a highlight of, of you know, the last four or five seasons, the second team was the victory managed to get a Didsbury, you know, somewhere where you don't often win over there. So to get a victory, especially with lads that, you know, we've grown up playing with uh, for a number of years now was, was quite a special day to have. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully the young lads are taking a lot from it. Um, some of the lads who you know, were playing a bit of third team cricket, then a little bit of second team, and now starting to develop themselves into more sort of primary second team cricketers. So hopefully we'll start to build something really positive. Um, and I think we'll have a really competitive season next year in Div 1 um, and hopefully give ourselves the best chance of coming straight back up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things I wanted to to do now is, you know, we sort of focus on perhaps uh, some of the negatives there and unfortunately the relegation, as you allude to. But um, I think it'd be really worth kind of focusing on some of the positives there. Um, you mentioned that um, quite a number of young players have, have come through. And of course, next year, they are all going to be a year older. We had people coming up from the threes um, into the twos. And indeed, a couple of them have, have gone up to, to fill in in the ones um, in some instances. But um, you know, a, a bit like the third team, um, were you pleased with the contribution of some of the youngsters? I mean, we'll get on to a, a few sort of individual performances, perhaps, and, and a few numbers or whatever. But um, as I say, broadly speaking, that academy uh, academy playing base, how, how have they impressed you this year? Oh, massively. I think, you know, if you look at the side that we've been putting out on a regular occasion, um, you know, we, we've routinely had seven, eight, nine players under the age of 21, 22 years old. And, you know, it's difficult division to come up into, you know, lads who have played a little bit of 13 cricket or a little bit of 14 cricket and come up and, and really held their own, which is promising to see because, yeah, there were, as you said, there were a lot of ex-first teamers in that league, there were a lot of older, wiser heads in there who have the capability to to take people apart very quickly. So for them to come in and, and perform the way they have um, has been really, really impressive. And, you know, hopefully, um, fingers crossed, it can only get better and they can only improve more the more experience they have. You know, I look at myself when I first started in the twos, building up to now, you know, I'm a completely different player. So hopefully those lads will also, you know, get the chance to be able to, to, to grow and make mistakes and come back stronger from it. Now, I'm sure you're not going to want to talk about your uh, your own contributions, Adam. I know you're a sort of... Uh shirk the limelight shall we say especially when it comes to yourself but um you know captain's uh performances stepping in there at times um you managed to score 264 runs uh two not outs uh 250s of the high score of 59 um i think you know uh when you finished up with school cricket and, and came back into to playing and indeed taking over you had a bit of a purple patch there we put a few runs on the board um how did you feel your sort of personal contributions with the bat went um yeah pretty pretty happy with it to be honest um i know that for a long time sort of i doubted myself at that level and never felt like i've been quite good enough but i feel like you know i had to kind of take a bit more responsibility and and as i said with having so many juniors in there you know if i can score some runs it takes the pressure off them so you know i'm, I'm pleased with it i'm disappointed not to score you know many at the end it would have been nice to go out with a 50 or 100 or whatever but you know Sort of always happy to get a fifth in the second team and then contribute where I can, to be honest. Very good. Um, and then special mention, the other sort of outstanding uh, batting performance there, of course, Chris France, 14 games, 14 innings, 540 runs, uh, 250s, and his maiden second team 100. Uh, I think he's got 101 against Oldley, is that right? Uh, I believe so. 
Yeah, I mean, a, a good season for Frenchie, not only with the twos, as you say, but also with the ones, um, you know, really kind of laid out, um, you know, the, the, the marker for, for what you have to be able to provide in, in that twos prem when it comes to the batting. As I say, we look at, you know, probably the top four or five teams. Um, each of those teams have probably got a couple of players, if not maybe even three, that are sort of posting those numbers that Frenchie's uh, putting up. So I think that's something for, for some of the rest of the batsmen to kind of aspire to, I think. Would you agree? Yeah, I think you know it's always nice to have someone at the top of the order who you can rely on to consistently score at least 30 yards per game um, and hopefully convert a few of those into bigger scores. But yeah, what's been really, really promising for me is to look at you know the other lads that are battered around him. You look at um, Coombsy, Nashi, Brad Porter, TC, um, all those other players. You know they're still sort of quite early on in their their senior cricket journey. So you know it's nice to have. Uh, Frenchie in there to add some sort of consistency and a bit of stability in there but it's also nice to see the other lads chip in yeah it's also nice to see those lads you know get the opportunity to test themselves at the best level um, and have a go you know and see how they get on against some of the, the promising cricketers around the county yeah, very good. Well, moving on to the bowling now, um, the first thing that strikes me if we're looking at the sort of uh, twos bowling statistics, uh, the top three bowlers, um, you know, in terms of overs and indeed wickets, uh, are all uh, under 17 players. We've got Sam Hughes, um, 155.5 overs, 27 wickets with a best of four for nine. Will Jennings, 80.5 overs, uh, 16 wickets with a best of four for 54. And Henry Mitchell, 90 overs, 14 wickets with a best of three for 37. What can you say kind of about, you know, those three in particular and indeed the, the bowling across the board there? Yeah, you know, again, I've been really, really impressed. I think it, it takes a lot to to step up and, and bowl in that league. And especially, you know, as I said, playing against some really talented batsmen who have scored runs at first team level and also, you know, consistently at second team level. So it's shown a lot about their characters. You know, I've been really impressed with Sammy, the way he's come on and, and been able to change the game. You know, there's been so many spells this season where we've looked in a really difficult position and, and heads are going down a little bit in the field. And he's come on and taken three, four wickets and changes the game. Um, I think it's been difficult for for Geno, and I think he'd be the first one to admit that. And also Henry as well. You know, seeing bowling um, in the second team, if if the pitch isn't doing a lot and it's not doing a lot in the air, it can be quite difficult. It could be quite predictable. But you know, I think the way that both of them are stuck at it, and, and what's been most impressive is the fact that you know even if the first spell hasn't gone right, they've both been able to come back on and bowl a second spell and and contribute something to the game. So yeah, you know, it's a really promising time for for bowling for you know. The second team, especially, you know, given the fact there's so many youngsters coming through who are sort of applying their trade, but also older heads in the team to give them some advice. I know Sammy's learned a lot off Leroy this year. And I know that, you know, Jenna and, and Mitchie have learned things off Parks, etc. this season. So it's in a really promising place, a really strong place at the minute. Yeah, and and I think you you're quite right there to give a little bit of a mention to uh, to Leroy. Firstly, returning to the club and and slotting into that second team and offering um, a lot, mostly with the ball and and in the field, not so much with the bat. Um, I think he would be the first to admit, <laughs> and also to the uh, to the roulette wheel that is Stuart Parks or AKA the wide machine. Yeah, I mean, you know, Leroy has been a breath of fresh air for me. I remember playing fours with Leroy a number of years ago where. You know, he he'd score some runs, he'd take some wickets and make the game look really easy. But as as a skipper, it's been fantastic to have someone in there who you can turn to, who's got bags of experience, who, you know, you could just turn around and say, Leroy, what do you think about this? And, you know, what do you think about that? And he's always got a really sort of positive 
um, answer for everything as well. And and you know, again, having some of those older players, Parks in there, Robin Farmer, um, you know, all these sorts of lads, Curly, you know, it's super important that we keep these people involved because, you know, it just gives the young lads, you know, a bit of a chance to express themselves more if we know we're going to get consistent performance for the older lads. But also, you know, there's a lot of wise old heads that can offer a lot of advice and a lot of experience um, to the youngsters as well. So, you know, finding that blend is always important in the seconds. Now, uh, before we move on to uh, the third team, um, I'd just like to ask you if there was a sort of performance of the season that you'd, you'd like to talk about, perhaps whether it be individual or team or perhaps a bit of both. Uh, is there a game that stands out to you in that regard? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna disappoint a few people here. Um and there has been some notable individual performances, you know, Nash has scored some good runs, um, you know, Brad Porter with the ball, Frenchies, you know, unlucky that, you know, that his hundred doesn't make it as the sort of performance this season. But I think for me, you know, the away performance against Alton Park was probably the highlight of the season for me. You know, we knew that we had to beat Alton Park to give ourselves a chance. And, you know, we knew that we had a really strong team out, but we weren't going to take anything for granted. And, you know, fortunately on that day, Ollie Davis stepped up with a ball and bowled, you know, arguably one of the best sort of spells of seen bowling that I've seen in the twos for a long time. Um, I think a testament to that is the fact that most of his wickets were either taken bold or LBW or caught behind rather than taken, you know, at long off or long on with someone trying to heave the ball everywhere. Um and then Nashi with the bat scoring 50, not out winners a game. I think, you know, there's a lot to be said for the youngsters coming through and, and really sort of applying themselves and, and producing those game winning performances. So, Alton Park, albeit a very, very nervy one, you know, I was a horrendous watcher from the balcony. I kept counting the sort of the runs down ball by ball and I wouldn't let anyone walk anywhere or move out of their seat or anything. But that's got to be the highlight of the season for me, the Alton Park game. Well, just quickly to run over that, mate. Um, it was the 1st of August 2021, obviously, and uh, as you say, it was away at Alton Park. Um, you won the toss and elected to field, um, and Alton Park, as you say, were 120 all out in 38.2 overs. Uh, the star of the show, very much Ollie Davis, 11 overs, two maidens, six for 34. Um, and I believe that included a hat-trick as well. Yeah, yeah, really, really impressive spell of ball with Molly. Um I was constantly pestering Rob uh, Rob Coombs to sort of let me know when I could bring him back on because he bowled his first spell so well. Um, you know, and again, just consistency didn't have to be, you know, didn't have to do too much of the ball, but just kept it in a consistent area, making a batsman play. Um, and he was assisted by, you know, by some good catching behind, behind the stumps. Um, and for me, you know, the signs of a really impressive bowler is, can you come and do it on the second spell? And again, second spell came back on, took a couple more wickets, finished the game off for us, or finished the innings off for us, shall I say. Um, and yeah, really, really mature performance from a young lad. And uh, the Macclesfield innings, uh, Macclesfield managed to chase down the total um, with runs for, for Frenchie, for Nashi, and a cheeky little 18 not out yourself there. Yeah, I mean, Frenchie and Nashi set the platform and I just tried to swat it everywhere at the end and get it done as quickly as I could. Um but yeah, you know, again, a really sort of confident, mature performance from Nashi um, against what is a difficult bowling lineup at their place. You know, they bowl a lot of spin um, on a pitch which turns a little bit. So, you know, again, it's always nice when four or five players contribute in a game and it's not just left to one player. Um, and even more, you know, impressive when the young lads sort of chip in and, and win you the game because you know, it just shows that 
they've got the confidence to be able to do it and you you sort of the, the faith that you've put in them has been repaid i suppose very very good long as well i have to say it's been a pleasure to welcome you back on and it's always nice to be able to talk to you without chris flint uh, being present so uh, we look forward to catching you up with you very soon and as i say once again thank you very much for your your efforts and your contribution this season not a problem mate thanks for having me now moving on to the third team we found ourselves in a slightly restructured division b um, in previous years, we've been in regionalised divisions of Division B, East and West. And this year, um, they basically took the top halves of those divisions, put them into one and created a Division C below it with the bottom halves. So removing regionalisation, we gained a few teams that we've not played before at all, or indeed in, in a number of years, um, the likes of Kingsley, Oxton and Barrow. And to say that we got off to a great start would be an understatement. Um, we've won our first three league games on the Saturday and at the start of the year, we're also involved in the Cheshire County Cricket League T20 Cup. And I was uh, very happy to see that Stephen Whittingham put his name up to captain the T20 competitions. Uh, we're involved in two throughout the course of the year. Um, and we ended up going six from six um, in the first three weekends of the season. So a real great start. And it also meant that we progressed into the next stages of the T20 competition. We have a round robin format um, of four teams in a, in a mini group. Um, and we won convincingly against Haslington, Nan. Twitch and Langley. In terms of the league performance, we started off very well with a comprehensive defeat of Wilmslow. We posted 136 all out and then bowled out Wilmslow for 59. On reflection, I think possibly a little bit of an early warning sign might have been there with the batting, which at times, um, perhaps especially in the, the back end of the season, did come back to hurt us. But, you know, uh, early season. Not a lot of cricket been played or practiced. The second game of the season, we had a much sterner contest on what was a glorious day away at Kingsley. The weather was an awful lot better than it was the first week of the season when we were at times playing in snow and all sorts of things. Macclesfield posted 207 for one, including Stuart Alfie Garnett's uh, maiden 100 for Macclesfield, which was a really proud moment for us all to be there. And I'm certainly one that he, I know he enjoyed as much as, as everyone else at the club. As I said at the time, nice to see uh, a chap like Stuart get a, get a one in that uh, in that 100 column. Amazing that he's not had one before for Macclesfield, but he's corrected that in his stats, which I'm sure he's delighted about. Um, in reply, Kingsley uh, managed 184 for nine off their 40 overs. I should just uh, remind everyone that we, we are playing win-lose cricket now. So, um, you know, 207 for one was always a pretty good score of 40 overs. Um, and to defend that against uh, uh, Kingsley, who at the time I thought were going to be a, a very strong side, um, they certainly were for the first half of the league, but, but fell away. Um, moving on sort of towards the middle and then the, the latter half of the season, after the start that we had, of course, we were really keen to be pushing for promotion, something, you know, it's no secret we've been striving for with the team for a number of years. We've we've sort of consistently felt we, we were good enough and maybe not just quite managed it. Um, and in previous years, when only one team has been promoted, that's obviously been pretty stiff as well. Um, but with two teams going up this year, we, we felt there was a lot to play for. Um, you know, as we've, we've heard from, uh, you know, the second team, as we've heard previous to this, uh, second team selection at times has been really challenging. And I think that's obviously played a little bit of a factor in the third team being able to put out their strongest team at times. And of course, all the COVID stuff that was going on. And I think on a number of occasions, we we had to field, um, you know, weakened teams against 
the other top teams in the league, the likes of Oxton and Ashley, and unfortunately, you know, lost those games. Uh, I don't want to play too much shoulda, woulda, coulda, because at the end of the day, you can only control what's in front of you. And uh, when the sort of crunch game arrived towards the back end of the season, we played the other top three teams. Um, we beat two of them. Um, and in reality, we knew we needed to beat all three. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, at times kind of selection and, and things like that was was a real challenge for, for the whole club, not just the third team. But as I alluded to earlier, I think whilst we gave an incredibly strong bowling and fielding performance consistently throughout the years, and we'll get on to some stats in a minute, I think the thing that probably hurt us on occasions was the batting, whereby... You know, we just didn't consistently score enough runs. And I think sometimes in certain games, we probably got ourselves out of a little bit of a hole by bowling and fielding exceptionally well. And whilst there were some notable performances with the bat and consistent contributions, um, at times it, it was difficult to get the same top six out or indeed for those batsmen to to maintain that sort of form. So in the end, the threes agonizingly ended up finishing fourth in the league. Um, I'm not going to bore everyone with the debacle that was the points situation, but effectively we got switched from actual points to average points and any game that was, um, you know, uh, lost to COVID uh, was removed, therefore switching us to average points. Say what you will about that. That certainly negatively affected us uh, from, from a, a promotion point of view. At the back end of the season, we did have Ashley, Oxton and Barrow to play. Um, we beat Barrow at home in what was their first loss of the season, and I think actually their only loss of the season, which was a fantastic performance. Uh, following on from that, we then beat Oxton away, um, a game we're going to come back to in a second. And then second to last game of the season, we had Ashley at home, a game we knew we needed to win. Um, and even if we'd won that game, we still needed some statistical things to go our way in terms of points. Unfortunately, uh, we lost that game in the end. And then our last game of the season was unfortunately conceded by uh, Weaverham. So as I say, in the end, the third team finishing an agonising fourth. Um, in, in reality, you could make the argue that's argument that that's third but um you know it is what it is <laughs> now to quickly talk about a, a few bits of stats as i say you know there are uh, a number of very very good bowling and fielding performances headed um chiefly by stephen whittingham who took 44 wickets for the third team 124 overs 14 maidens 44 wickets with a best of 5 for 39 an economy of 3.6 striking at 16.9 and an average of 10.2. Um, and I think if you uh, include some of his other wickets for the second team and things like that, I think the general took 50 wickets for the year, which is an incredible achievement. The other top two wicket takers were uh, some bloke we don't need to to give too much attention to, but uh, he bowled 127 overs, took 23 wickets with a best of five for 19, an economy of 3.02. And Alistair Knight, who was a bit of a revelation with the ball, um, last year he had a really good season with the bat and has always wanted to, to, to do a bit of batting and bowling. And this year he bowled 61.3 overs and took 20 wickets with a best of four for five, um, really developing himself into a bowler that we used at the back end of the innings, especially playing Windows cricket. He would just come on, often mop up the tail or restrict very well and, um, you know, had a really good season with the ball. Um, we were a little bit unfortunate not to see too much of Tony Moores this year, who had struggles with his knee 
Um, he still managed 14 wickets, as you would imagine. And uh, Ed, large, strong banjo there with 15 wickets as well. So yeah, you know, plenty of wickets to go around. And as I say, lots of really great performances in the field. And, and as a unit, you know, bowling and fielding, we, we put a lot of teams under an awful lot of pressure. And we've always known that we're, we're good enough to bowl anybody out. Um, but as I said, you know, I think the thing that, that sort of hurt us on, on occasion um, was the batting side of things. Um, I mean, I can make no better point on, on this issue than to say that Ian Kenny uh, scored 308 runs and was the leading run scorer for the third team, despite playing almost half a season in the second team. Um, Ian played 12 games, 11 innings with a high score of 73 not out, averaging 30 with two 50s. Stephen Whittingham, 23 games, 16 innings, 281 runs with a high score of 56. And Chris Flint and Harry Owens, 15 and 14 games respectively, 262 and 222 runs. And of course, their memorable partnership, including 142 and 129 each. 142 for Flinty and 129 for Harry, both their maiden hundreds. And whilst there are some great numbers there and some great contributions, as I say, I think consistently we perhaps didn't quite score as many runs as we needed and oftentimes had little collapses in places. Um, you know, in a, in a difficult season, batting at times for, for lots of sides was was tricky when you've you not had winter nets and all that sort of stuff. Um, and some of the pitches that we play on are not always the most conducive to, to batting, shall we say. But I think, you know, if, if we really wanted to, to push on and, and do as well as we hoped, I think we just needed to put, put a few more runs on the board, which is something definitely to work on for next year. Now, moving on to um, our performance of the season, it is both a team and an individual performance, really. Um, as I said to you earlier, uh, towards the business end of the season, we went away to play Oxton. Um, and I think both of Ourselves and Oxton knew at this point in the season, whoever won this game had a chance of promotion and whoever lost it um, would be out of the running. Um, so it was a very, very wet day. Um, conditions were not good. I don't know how we got a game of cricket because a lot of people in in, in Cheshire didn't. Um, and, and fair play to the Oxen lads for working hard to, to get the game on. Um, I won the toss and elected somewhat unsurprisingly to field. Um, Oxton posted 166 for seven from their 40 overs. We were quite glad to see the back of leading uh, league run scorer David Burrows for 33, uh, bowled by myself. Um, and, and I'm afraid to say he did receive rather a large send-off on account of the fact that he nicked one behind from, from Banjo that uh, the wicketkeeper took in front of first slip um, and then stood there. The umpire didn't give it out and he didn't walk. Um, so yeah, he he was on the bit of an end of a, a spray, I'm afraid, mostly for myself. And then there were other, other contributions in the innings uh, from his opening partner, Ollie Jones, who batted very well for 30-odds, and Eddie Filer a bit lower down the innings with 41. But uh, largely Macclesfield, I thought, bowled and fielded exceptionally well. We were slightly depleted um, in, in a couple of resources, as we'll get on to the hero of the day in many ways, as we'll get on to in a second. But Ed Strong opened the bowling, seven overs, one maiden, none for 28, with Alistair Knight, nine overs, no maidens, none for 48. Myself, 10 overs, one maiden, one for 33, and Stephen Whittingham, 10 overs, three maidens, three for 18, before Matt Cunningham uh, called up from the fourth team, came on and bowled four overs, no maiden, three for 27 to restrict and, and pin them back at the end there. And in reply, um, as I say, 
Macclesfield uh, were missing Ian Kenny for, for quite a bit of the time up in the second team, but we had him available that day and he uh, got himself 43 before unfortunately being caught and bowled uh, by Eddie Filer. But he had uh, a great stand with uh, Paul Yos Hughes, who was in to bat and of course keep uh, for us. Yosa made 38. And I think at one stage we were about 80 or 90 for one um, and looking pretty comfortable. Flinty came in at four, made a useful 18, and he was joined by Stephen Whittingham. After that, I'm afraid to say there was a, a bit of a spectacular collapse with uh, Alistair Knight, Richard Flint, myself, Matt Cunningham, and Ed Strong not really offering too much. Um, and with quite a bit of work to do, it was a case of, of trying to get Witters on strike and, and, and hopefully he could could get the runs, um, which he did, scoring 47 not out, but um, ably supported by the young third-team debutant, George Ackerley, who came in, um, was fantastic in the field, gave a lot of great energy, and he had a job to do with the bat. Um, he had to go out uh, when Ed had got out, and I think he had to face one ball from their opening bowler, who was pretty sharp for third-team cricket. Um, and we said to George, mate, have fun, enjoy yourself and just try and get forward. To which he did. Um, and he duly punched a full toss to cover for no run, uh, which brought the general back on strike, who then cracked uh, an enormous six into the tennis courts to win the game. Macclesfield chasing down 166. We scored 168 for nine in 39.2 overs. Um, so a really fantastic performance, um, you know, Absolutely hats off to Witters for for an incredible innings there at the end, um, but also an all-round team performance, um, especially in the, the ball in the field and, and really nice to see young George Ackley stepping up when it counted and punching the ball to the covers. So yeah, as I say, the third team ended up finishing fourth in the league um, in a very strong league, it has to be said. The, the addition of these extra teams and the loss of some of the weaker ones has, has meant that in many ways our division felt like a bit of a promotion, to be honest with you, um, and to compete for such a long time in the season against some other exceptional teams in Oxton, Ashley and Barrow. Um, the latter two who both got promoted was, was a fine achievement. And again, in a, in a couple of cases against a bit of adversity with selection and all that sort of stuff. Um, the T20 side of things, very briefly, um, we did manage to make it all the way to finals day in the County League competition. Unfortunately, we lost out in our semi-final to Grappenhall third team, who went on to uh, lose pretty handsomely to Didsbury in the final. Um, but uh, all credit, as I said, to Stephen Whittingham for 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 leading the team really well and, and having a, a pretty successful T20 competition. We haven't been to a final stay in quite a while, so it was really nice to do that. And hopefully, perhaps next year, we can go one further and make it to the final. So finally, um, you know, just before we move on to Matt Cunningham, the fourth team, obviously just want to thank all of the players, uh, supporters, parents um, who've been involved with or for the team throughout the season. Um, you know, whilst we didn't quite get the results in, in perhaps the you know, final stay in the league that we would have wanted, I still view it as an incredibly successful season, um, a season in which a number of younger players uh, transitioned from the fourth team into the third team and in some instances uh, went on to, to represent the third the second team and the first team as well. Um, so, you know, whilst uh, the three still probably have some unfinished business in, in trying to get promoted, at the end of the day, we are always a proving ground and, and a developing team for the younger players. So it's really nice to, to welcome those guys into the team and, and indeed onwards and upwards. And now moving on to the Saturday fourth team, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back, as ever, 
Mr. Matt Cunningham. Matty, how are you? I'm very good, mate. Uh, good to be on here. How are you? Yeah, very well indeed. Thank you. Um, first thing I want to say is obviously congratulations um, and uh, so much respect to you for an outstanding effort this year, taking on um, you know the the debut season of the Saturday Fourth team. Uh, a very daunting experience. Obviously, you you looked after the the Sunday Eleven last year um, and stepped into into the void for the Saturday Fourth Eleven this year. Um, and as I say, just uh, a lot of respect and credit must go to you for what I think we would uh, we would say in the end was was uh, a pretty good season, all in all. Yeah, thank you, mate. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, it sounds bizarre, but having not conceded one game at all this season. In itself was an achievement because I think we all kind of worried about getting 44 players out every Saturday. But I think that in itself is a massive testament to the club. And then obviously not least all the debuts given to, or senior debuts given to a lot of juniors and some pretty special performances throughout the season. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, mate. I have to say, I think when we, we've been talking about this Saturday fourth team for, for a couple of years, and I think we got to the stage where you and I especially both felt we just needed to uh, pull the trigger, as it were, um, and get stuck in and, and look if we had to concede a few games here, there, um, for... To, to, in order to get that that fourth team out and get forty four players out regularly, then that was something that we would accept. I think certainly other clubs with less teams do a lot worse than us. Um, and and as you say, to not have to concede a game. Um, and I don't think. Well, okay, maybe we'd say quietly between you and I, we were maybe close on a couple of occasions. But you know, for for the public, I don't think we were ever that close to to not getting a team out, were we? No, I mean, I'm sure there's a few people who've received a few kind of begging texts from me on a Friday night, but it was all good in the end. We all got there. It certainly was. So I think that the first thing I'm going to do is is just sort of give an overview of the uh, of the team and, and what you managed to achieve. Um, obviously, as I said, debut season for the fourth eleven. Um, as such, we were placed into Division D East of the UK Fast or the Cheshire Cricket League. Um, so that is a couple of divisions below our third team. Um, and Macclesfield fourth eleven played eighteen games. Uh, winning eight and losing ten. Of course, we were playing 40 over win-lose cricket, so uh, no draws in there. But um, almost reaching that uh, 50-50 win-lose ratio, um, you must have been really pleased, mate. And as I say, just to, to set the scene, finally, in terms of the league table, Macclesfield uh, ended up finishing a very respectable ninth in the table with 302 points. Um, yeah, how, how did you feel about that sort of as a season overall? Really happy, actually. I mean, it was kind of a period where we went on a bit of a, a winning streak and you kind of think, could we maybe kind of challenge for the top? It didn't quite work out. Um, but like you say, looking kind of back of overall, eight wins for me is brilliant. You know, There's actually some decent teams in that league as well with some fairly quality players. So to do what we've done with, with you know a lot of juniors, and that was kind of mentioned by a lot of clubs we, we played against, just how many juniors we brought through. And everyone's really impressed. So given all that, then yeah, eight wins is actually a fairly big achievement. Yeah, it certainly is. And and I think um, having sort of been around after the third team have finished or, or whatnot and coming back to, to support the fours and watch a bit of the cricket, um, I have to agree with you. There are a couple of teams in that league who are sort of, you're playing second teams and indeed I think you're playing a couple of first teams. Um, and, and I think one team in particular, I remember Appleton Threes, mm. I think, who were all... 25 30 plus year old blokes um not a lot of uh, not a lot of juniors around which is you know you can say what you want about that but um some some quality cricketers on show and indeed for Macclesfield some some quality individual and team performances there as well 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're right. I think that was the big kind of difference we found that there are a lot more bigger blokes in that league prepared to give a big old whack kind of early on when it comes off, it really does come off. Um, <laughs> but we, we held our own, you know, I think of the likes of Ollie Jennings, Ollie Davis, a number of the juniors who just weren't intimidated whatsoever, which look back to when I was their age, I think that is really impressive. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we must mention is uh, the the fourth team, you know, uh, uh, becoming a sort of proving ground and and uh, uh, a route into senior cricket. And you must be incredibly proud, incredibly proud to see a number of players not only uh, step up and represent the third team, but in a couple of cases uh, move on to the second team and indeed the first team. If you think of the likes of Finn, La- Finn Nash, for instance, who uh, you know started off in the fours fairly quickly stepped up to the third team had a good few uh, contributions there um ended up playing the rest of the season primarily in the second team but obviously had a couple of first team uh moments included whipping the big uh, west indian quick from bollington for six um you must be very proud to see you know the progression of some of those young lads uh, through the team extremely proud but also kind of gutted to lose them i think i'm trying to convince all of the captains that the likes of Finn and Ben weren't quite ready yet. Obviously, I don't think they were ready. <laughs> um, you know, you couldn't hold on for so long. But yeah, that was absolutely brilliant. And like you say, watching them up there just again so comfortable was it made kind of it makes it definitely all worth it when you see what they can achieve. Yeah, and then the other thing that we do need to touch on um, is the uh, the now infamous Sebi Babu, or indeed, as you cannot stop typing him as Sebi Baby. <laughs> Sebi obviously played a lot of cricket for the uh, the Saturday fourth team was was a, a really great find and we're very sad to see Sebi uh, move on he's got a new job and I think he's moving over uh, to the other side of Derbyshire so he he won't be playing for us next season but um, not only has his contributions uh, been on on the pitch but he's certainly added a lot in in other departments and including um, us coming up I think it was you coming up with the moniker of uh, Sebelsfield um, what can you say about Sebi uh, and what he's offered in terms of the players that he's brought and indeed uh, you know his performances he's just great I mean even aside from all the plays he's brought he just loves cricket so much he's obsessed he's fantastic to have around with all the lads but it's kind of that usual thing of say Thursday evening I've like a, kind of a begging message in the group for like one or two more players and he'll inevitably message me saying how many do you need I'll sort it and he's brought some great lads over I mean People who watched us have seen the likes of uh, Jinto, who opens a bowling for us quite often, um, Aju, who's incredibly entertaining, a niche, which I think Dan Ackley described as hitting the ball harder than anyone he's ever seen, and that's including Robin, Robin Farmer. So it's all those kind of players who've not just kind of played once or twice, have actually kept coming back, which has, you know, a lot about the club as well, but shows kind of how valuable they are. Yeah, and and that's the other thing. Sebi's, uh, you know, found found us a number of players. I think the other one, the other players are Ian and uh, Sibby, which gets ever so confusing. Sebi and Sibby, um, but but all of those players, not only have they just played one or two games, they've they've played multiple games and and you know come on to join the club. Um, so we really must sort of take our hat off to Sebi and the the Sebelsfield eleven. Yeah, absolutely, and you know there was nothing better than seeing Sebi in his final game against Presbury getting a six for in his send off. Um, which you know was kind of the perfect way to finish it for him. You say that, but um, <laughs> did you not enjoy watching him bat a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, again, that kind of I kind of stopped saying to him and his mates, try and you know block a few out and watch the ball because it, it's just waste. They play one way, and to be fair, when it works, it works. So you just got to sit back and enjoy it. Um, even maybe pulling your hair out a little bit as a captain, but. 
then you're not complaining when they hit kind of 15, not many balls whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, so talking about some uh, some stats there, uh, we'll just have a, a quick uh, quick glance over a few things um in the runs obviously runs i think uh playing in the fourth team are always going to be harder to come by generally you get decent bowling and um you know the batting is always the, the harder discipline i think the further down the teams you get um you know as uh, as well i know matty you, and certainly you do too you can make a mistake as a bowler and you get to bowl another ball um but uh it's not quite the same for batsmen um so my heart goes out to all you batsmen out there, obviously. I'm sure Matty does as well. But um, yeah, you've got Harry Martin up there, 15 games, 14 innings, 137 runs. Um, Yash Jane, who obviously sort of spent a bit of time in the fours before sort of stepping up to the threes, 67 not out there, 126 runs from four games. And then uh, some likely names, you know, Adju, Ayan, Anish, uh, all scoring 40s or 50s and uh, Robin Farmer there with four games as well 47 not out and 106 runs um, would you agree with me in that statement about runs being slightly more the the sort of premium commodity in in, in that league and in the team yeah absolutely and you know especially with a club like ours the second someone has a good innings they quite rightfully move up so it makes it much more difficult to kind of find informed batsmen playing for you regularly because the second they find form they're off up to the threes or twos. Um, but then, you know, on the flip side, I was thinking that the final innings of the season, off sorry, final game of the season, um, Ayan, who is a very sort of good technical batsman, he couldn't get beyond the score of 19. So he scored 19 and got out four or five times that season. And then, see, so yeah, I was trying to think, yeah, Cortina's not 19 forever, but completely over his head, that reference. Anyway, um, final game of the season, he got himself a 45, and he was quality. I mean, he reverse swept someone for four, which I'm telling you, Division D has never seen that shot. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> very very good and then moving on to the bowling which uh, I think is uh, you know as as Langers was uh, alluding to and saying that you know 120 130 in in that division is is going to be a pretty game score most weeks and of course you know there were some teams that managed to, to post a, a few more than that and uh, and get a couple of 200s and and indeed we ourselves posted in excess of 150 several times but uh, generally speaking 120 130 would be a game score um wickets matt i'm afraid to say i've got to, got to put you on the spot here you are up top there with 22 wickets 107 overs uh with the best bowling of four for eight uh charlie ackley also 58 overs 17 wickets with the best of four for 17 and young ollie jennings 32 overs 15 wickets with the best of five for 31 including two five wicket hauls um Firstly, you can tell us a little bit about your own bowling and how that went. And of course, a couple of young lads I've mentioned there who probably need a bit of a rub. Yeah, um, so I'd love to say that all my wickets came because I was completely outfoxed the batsman. Flint, you'll probably tell it I burgled about half of them, but I don't care, I'll take them. Um, it's one of those things I've kind of realised that if you sort of hold an end for a while, the batsman does make a mistake. Um, it's kind of learning how to bowl full. I think, as you well know, especially Div D, the wickets aren't the greatest when you're away from home they're soft anything short gets punished so i've kind of um you kind of learn how to bowl in that league and i've obviously as you said bowled quite a few overs so you kind of bear the fruits of that um but you look you know charlie ackley his average is eight which is absolutely fantastic he's been absolutely superb and unplayable most weeks um and then ollie being able to play more games weren't for injuries getting fifers for fun so again there's so many good performances but like you say people like ben farmer and so forth 
when they do well, they quite rightfully move up. Yeah, and the other person that you, you're very quite uh, you're very correct to to mention there, um, young Ben Farmer, forty five overs, uh, ten maidens, twelve wickets with a best of three for eleven. Obviously, uh, stepped up into the third team um, again pretty early, um, and and had a decent run there. Took a few wickets in the threes, and then just went on to to open the bowling pretty much for the rest of the season for the twos. Um, so again, a, another player, um, you know just kind of uh, stepping through the teams and, and, and just stepping on to bigger and better things. Yeah, absolutely. His age is, you know, the 14, so I think it's fairly ridiculous, but um, not jealous whatsoever, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no. Now, there's a couple of other players that, that I want to mention, um, you know, who have, who have offered uh, all sorts of things, both uh, on and off the pitch, including batting and bowling. Um, firstly, uh, your, your great pal, uh, possibly vice captain. I don't know if he is officially, but he certainly should be. Uh, Mr. Richard Flint. What can you tell us about Mini Flint or Flintus Minimus? Yeah, I kind of sort of called him my enforcer throughout the season because I think he's kind of like my bad cop, the bad cop to my good cop at many times, which is exactly what we need. Um, yeah, he's great. He's full of an absolute fountain of knowledge. Um, I think he's made himself officially or unofficially vice captain of the Fours and the Sunday team. So he's many things and many pies. Um, but he's he's been absolutely superb. Um, he's batted very well for us. He's kind of been lucky not to get some big scores at times, but his fielding, as you know, mate, is kind of a class above at times. And it really, it's just so helpful to have, um, even if, you know, batting doesn't quite come off, you know that he's so valuable in the field, which is great to have. Yeah, and I think both you and I have experienced moments where, uh, you know, Flinty's pulled off something in the field, a, a one-handed catch or a, a naughty run out that, you know, you've said that's that's got no place in the fourth team. He, he's done a one-handed pickup and run someone out aiming at one stump, uh, flying through the air and, and run someone out in the third team. And, and that certainly had no place in the third team either. Um, and, and the last thing to say is, you know, I think it's really worth pointing out that he's just a much better bloke than his brother. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the opposition would agree with that. He's wound up many a batsman fantastically. I've lost count the number of times people refuse to shake hands after a game, which I'm so proud of. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And uh, slightly on uh, a similar tact, young George Ackerley, the needle, as we've come to describe him uh, for, for a, a multitude of reasons. Um, professional footballer ex extraordinaire, George Ackerley. What can you tell us about young George? He's just so positive and so happy to be there he's great you'll always hear him wherever he stood in the field um and again you know the fours can get a little bit quiet at times a few guys kind of don't quite know each other so for someone like him to kind of get the atmosphere going in itself is great but he's bowled well for us um he's taken like 10 wickets for us and you know he's held an end he's sometimes had to bowl kind of at the end of an innings when people try and go after him which is never easy but he just holds his own does the basics right and um yeah he's one to watch in the coming years, I think, as he develops. He certainly is. He's a cracking little bowler, and, and I was really pleased to, to give him uh, a couple of opportunities in the third team, uh, him taking his uh, debut wicket, and as we heard earlier in, in a crunch game, uh, punching punching the ball to allow Stephen Whittingham to, to win the game. Um, lastly, he is a bit of a cheeky chappy. Um, what can you tell us about uh, him taking guard? And I think it might even have been his first game for the fourth team. It was indeed, yes. This is, um, as you mentioned, the first game away at Overpeaver, I think. Um, no, sorry, North East Cheshire. And he walks out to bat and he takes his guard left-handed. So the captain notices and rearranges the entire field, as you would do. And then he casually, without even trying to wind them up, stands right-handed. And they look at him. 
and he looks back at them, blank face. Like, oh, I won't repeat what they said. <laughs> but it's the fact that he had no idea. He was completely <laughs> stitched them all up, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, I think we can agree he is uh, certainly his uh, father's son. Absolutely, yeah. I think his dad was so proud of him after that. <laughs> now, uh, moving on to, to our last bit of uh, business, shall we say, for, for, for this section of the podcast, mate. Um, as we've done with the other captains, uh, was there a, a sort of... Uh, uh, a moment of the season or a game of the season performance of the season you might say whether it be individual or collective yeah kind of all of the above to be honest encapsulated in one game and this was our home game against Presbury so a bit of a local derby we're all kind of quite up for it and um, it was a great occasion because kind of the one's misfortune in being COVIDed off we got to play on the main pitch which is obviously a huge rarity for the fourth team so that was great in itself Um and so in terms of performance, it's Ollie Jennings getting his uh, first Fifer, senior Fifer for the club. But it was just a really good game. It was one of those kind of seesawing games where we looked like we weren't even going to make sort of 50, 60 runs. Then Yash put in a great performance and we managed to get all out, I think, for 156. And then, you know, uh, Ollie struck really quickly. We had them many wickets down for not many runs. Then they kind of came back into the game and it was... Came down to the last over, actually. It was a really good game. And then I think Dan Ackley led a really big song afterwards. So it was just, for me, the best game of the season. And yeah, Ollie's performance, getting that Fifer, he really was unplayable. So it's just so many great performances in that game. I think we were all so up for it. It was really good atmosphere. Yeah, it was the 26th of June, as you say, um, playing on Victoria Road, which I can only imagine is the, f- the first time the uh, the Saturday fourth team have played on Victoria Road and not because it's the first season. But I think, um, you know, I don't I don't imagine the third team have played on Victoria Road uh, on a Saturday before. Um, I'm happy to be proved wrong by a badger out there, probably uh, young Alfie. Um, but I digress. Yash Jane, 67 not out um, in a score of 156 for eight off 40 overs probably shows it was it was pretty hard going um a few other little contributions there mini flint with 13 and, and tj tom jennings with 16 um coming down to the end there um it looks like sibby chipped in with a, a few useful runs to get to uh you know as i say 156 and then in reply the press innings uh, got off to a pretty bad start with ollie jennings and toby wilson um, reducing Presbury for, for 20 for 5 um, and then as you say they had some uh, players a bit further down the innings who kind of came back into it at 36 um, from their number 7 and then uh, Ollie Jennings returning I assume to, to claim that 5 for and also uh, yourself chipping in with two wickets at the end to, to seal the deal um, and Presbury bowled out for 136 in the 39th over um, yeah tell us about the big song from Danny Ack yeah, so um, he was obviously massively up for it. He's a huge club, club himself, isn't he? He knew the significance of that win. And um, yeah, got us all into the changing room and um, one big song, a few people having to read the words, as you can imagine. But, you know, Danny can carry it. Obviously, Flinty was there as well. So it was great. It was just, again, a lot of juniors there, you know, first time they've done that. It's just, I like to think it's sort of something they won't forget. Um, so yeah, I think Pressbury kind of a bit bemuses why we're so up for it. But we were, we just <laughs> right in their faces. And it's just, like I say, a great atmosphere to have on the field that day. Um, Tom Jennings, again, his fielding that day was absolutely superb. He was so up for it. He was covering kind of half the boundary himself. Um, again, Minnie Flint in there kind of giving them a bit of abuse, as they deserved, as you do. Um, so yeah, it's a really good, good day. 
Very good, mate. Well, uh, as I say, I just want to congratulate you again for uh, for a great season. Um, you do a lot of unseen, unheard work and, um, you know, long may it continue as far as I'm concerned and I'm sure very many other people at the club. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah, well, you know, roll on next season, eh? And now welcoming our final guest to the podcast. It gives me great pleasure to welcome back Mr. Tom Jennings, captain of the Sunday Eleven. TJ, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really, really good. Thank you. Um, and before we go any further, just want to uh, give you another bit of a, a pat on the back, mate. Congratulations for, for a good season. And, and firstly, for sort of stepping into the breach and, and taking on the Sunday Eleven. Um, I think you've had a really positive influence. Um, and, you know, as I say, you took that on uh, sort of midpoint through the season. And I know you've, uh, you've had a really positive influence on the team. Um, have you enjoyed it? Yeah, no, no. It's been really enjoyable. Um, I think going in, obviously, sceptical. I mean, given Matt's kind of stress and, and wanting to, to kind of step back a little bit. I was I was a bit sceptical moving in, but um, yeah, no, really enjoyed it. Uh, at times, I understood why. Um, kind of late on a Saturday night, roping in players at, at the club after everyone's played when you've had two dropouts or, or you're struggling for numbers. But we've always managed to put a team out. Uh, we haven't conceded any games, which for me is, is something really positive. And, and getting a load of the juniors in and, and through the academy as well was, was something which I, I thought was really positive uh, towards the end of the season as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, obviously, having added a Saturday fourth team, that was always going to apply a bit more pressure on to the Sunday eleven because, you know, with us being able to accommodate more players on a Saturday, um, that probably in turn meant that, you know, some of those players who were looking to get their cricket on a Sunday last season because they weren't getting a game on a Saturday were obviously getting one on Saturday. And uh, whilst there always be, uh, you know, lots of very enthusiastic young lads who, who want to play both days, um, I, I did think it was going to be a bit of a challenge at times. But, you know, um, as you say, no games conceded and you all, we always managed to get a team out and indeed be competitive, which is uh, which is a great thing. Um, would you say it was a sort of successful season all in all? Yeah, and I'd say all in all. I think uh, we started off really well. I, I was really surprised winning kind of our first two, three games, uh, which was good for me. And I thought we got off to a really good start. I then uh, missed, I think, four or five week ga- games through injury, uh, which which wasn't ideal for me um, or, or the team, really. I think there was a lot of chopping and changing in terms of who was captaining and, and who the leaders were in the team. But But people stepped up and... I think that was that was great from them, uh, but lost a few, uh, none badly. I think we we stuck it and, and stuck there up, stuck up there with some teams uh, that ended up winning pretty much all their games by by a lot as well. So just good grit, good determination from from everyone involved, and and I think everyone put put their all into every game they played, which you can't ask and can't ask for any more than that, really. Yeah, and 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 to your point there, I think if you look at sort of uh, you know the batting stats, which we're going to move on to, um, there's only one player that that's played uh, ten games or more for the team, and I think that's probably an indication of as as you say, a bit of a r- rotating sliding door policy there, um, and you know various players are out throughout the season stepping up and and indeed performing but um you know one of the mainstays there uh, as we heard from matt seems to be the uh, the somewhat self-appointed vice captain of of the fours and the sunday 11 uh richard flint there with nine games 164 runs with a high score of 70 um you know what can you say about mini flint what can't you say about mini flint i think uh club stalwart uh i'm best field in the club stand to it um now look he always leads by example and, and he puts everything into it. I think 
he's, he's really helped me on the pitch sometimes keep the noise up and, and keep everyone encouraged to keep going and he's always the first one making noise always the first one giving a bit of chirp um and he's the first one there to encourage the young lads as well and, and hold people uh, to account if they're, if they're making mistakes and, and not paying attention or keep that standard up um which is always good you can't always do it by yourself and I think he stepped up a few times for me in terms of playing when he may have uh, had a, had a busy Saturday night or playing when when he might be slightly injured or whatever he needs to do um, to, to give back to the club and, and to the team as well. So, no, absolutely great season from him and I don't think we would have, would have been able to do it without him. And uh, just picking out another one of the, the sort of better performers there with the runs, Robbie Jennings, 137 runs from uh, from five games, one of the never-ending seemingly supply of Jennings brothers, uh, highest score of 81 must have been nice to, to firstly get Robbie back playing some cricket and indeed play uh, f- with one of your hundreds of brothers. <laughs> no, it's um, Robbie hasn't played for, for kind of three, four years. So um, having the opportunity to, to kind of get him back in there and, and play alongside him as well was, was really good. And he, he stepped back into it straight away, um, kind of showing showing us how, how we should bat, really. Um, I think his 82 was off about 180 balls, um, showing how an opener should bat instead of instead of the uh, the normal Jennings kind of go in and, and, and get it whacked, as you as you would say. <laughs> Indeed we would, and, and somewhat appropriately, given the name of the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, moving on to the bowling stats there, mate. Um, again, lots of bowlers, um, lots of people used, some, some good individual performances. Um, the top of the bowler there, top of the bowling stats there, Ben Farmer, 51 overs, 12 wickets with a best of five for 26. Um, what can you say about Ben and his sort of performances for the for the Sunday eleven? Yeah, I think it's always been good having Ben in there. I think he started off the season playing for the fours and then playing for the Sunday team and, and ended up playing in the twos at the end of the year. So, that just shows what kind of season he had uh, with the ball. Uh, so it's always beneficial to have him in, opening up the bowling and and really kind of keeping it tight early on, coming back at the death and, and getting a lot of his wickets there. Um, always beneficial to have him uh, in that team. And he's, he did a job with the bat a few times as well. Um, so having him in that in that squad, um, a young player still, um, showing his enthusiasm and, and really wanting to play. But yeah, definitely, I think, I was very encouraged by his bowling and, and how he's kind of matured with, with the ball in hand. Very good. And then the other uh, thing I wanted to just touch upon was, um, you know, as we've heard from from various captains about bringing some through some of the younger lads, I think yourself especially uh, really championed some of our uh, under-13s, which is obviously the first um, age group they're able to, to transition into uh, into senior cricket. Now, I'm, I'm almost certainly going to forget some of the, the young lads, so apologies if I do, but the likes of uh, Noah Bourne, um, James Ross, Jacob Didswell, uh, the McDowell brothers, and yeah, ver- various others. That I'm sure you could correct me on. Um, you know what? Uh, what can you say about their contributions and indeed their their sort of progression into senior cricket? Yeah, no, I think um, it, it's been at times very beneficial for me when I haven't had the numbers I've needed and I've got four under thirteens which can come in and, and really hold their own. Uh, so the the McDowell brothers came in earlier than than the others. Um, they came in last minute and and really did the job straight away. So they were kind of on the team sheet for the rest of the year. Uh, Jacob came in late. James came in late. All good with both. I mean, Jacob did well with the bat and the ball. Uh, James has done well with the bat and the ball. Uh, Sam. Uh, one of the most memorable moments in the season was I was supposed to Robin Farm was supposed to be opening up the batting. 
uh, did, didn't fancy he wanted to go in kind of four or five. I think he was was a bit tired from the field or whatever. Um, and I go into the change room and, and I'm asking who wants to wants to step up and open. And, and Sam absolutely bit my head off, looking for the opportunity, the confidence there as an under thirteen, wanting to go in and open up the batting in, in senior cricket. Obviously, good things to come and. And that's the kind of thing I, I love to see. And, and they were all obviously energy in the field and they all wanted to be there. So so really good to see, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, obviously they're, they're getting a lot of great coaching, lots of opportunities and, and supported by all their sort of parents. And, and I know at times there there were some pretty big crowds down to watch, um, you know, not just the Sunday eleven but the fourth team as well. I'm sure, uh, you know, as a captain, you, you really appreciate that. Um, and being able to see lots of families down supporting the team, I'm sure was a great thing from your point of view. Yeah, no, support's always good. And I think it's good for good for them as well, knowing that, that when they're playing, they, they've got that backing and, and gives them that extra confidence. But, but on a Sunday, when it's a bit cloudy and you've still got kind of 25 people there or all cheering for you at home, it, it is good. I mean, it's, 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 it's not 100 people, but you never get that in cricket and especially at that level. But it's always good to have people there and, and people backing you, which, which makes it kind of beneficial to be at home as well. So, so yeah, definitely, definitely appreciate the support. Very good, mate. And uh, before we wrap up the podcast, we are just going to uh, feature, um, you know, your sort of performance of the season, really. Um, is there a sort of individual player or, or a match that you'd like to sort of discuss for performance of the season? Yeah, so I'm going to go with performance just based on, um, obviously, we, we were chopped and changed a lot of individuals. And there was a, there was a lot of individuals that, that I'd like to shout out, like Flinty, Charlie Ackley, Robbie, Ben Farmer, um, Ollie Jennings, all, all have performed excellently throughout the season. Um, but I think given the the chopping and changing, team performance is going to be more uh, relevant to, to how the season went. So I'm going to go with the uh, second to last game of the season uh, against Woodley at home. Um was a massive standout performance for me, uh, just based on on a lot of different things. So looking at that game, mate, uh, looks like the Sunday eleven won the toss and elected to field, uh, with Woodley posting 164 for eight off their 40 overs. Um, looks like one of their openers got a 50, um, and then one of the middle order batsmen got a 50 as well. But um, four wickets for Ben Farmer, um, three wickets for yourself. Let's not talk about that. And uh, clearly a run out. I don't even need to look who got that, I assume. Oh, no, it wasn't. Uh, I, th- I, th- I thought it was going to be uh, Richard Flint, but it was Rob Farmer. Um, yeah, t- talk us through that performance, hopefully leaving out your own terrible burglaries. <laughs> no, of course. Um, so we we started the game. Uh, obviously, I wanted to, to have a bowl. Um, I don't think a lot of the boys appreciate that, but but there we go. Um, went out and bowled, opened up with Ben Farmer and uh, I am. Opened up the bowling, kept it pretty tight. Um Ben got a really early wicket. They're open. I think it was off like his second over or something similar to that. So really good. Their their second opener was a quite, quite young as well, about 15, 16, I think, but put in a really good performance. Uh was dropped on 45. Um, and then obviously made his 50 and and was was out shortly after that. So got as soon as we got him out, there was a few quick dismissals, but they, they managed to stay in and, and build a bit of momentum, getting getting tens and twenties, kind of everyone through there and we thought it was going really well. Number five came in um, and was just going all over the place, was a bit of a hitter, uh, fancied himself. So we swapped the bowling around a little bit. Um, ben Farmer came back on um, kind of towards the death uh, and we managed to get him out uh, towards the end of the game. Um, and then we had a, a few ducks. Uh, managed to get that bottom order out um, using kind of our openers and first change uh, bowlers just to kind of go through that bottom order. But 
apart from those two batsmen, uh, it was really good. Uh, some really good bowling from from Jacob Tidswell. Um, ben Farmer obviously bowled really well. Iron kept it tight. Uh, and then the fielding was was really good. I mean, when I went out there, that's all I said was we need to be strong in the field because the extra 10, 15, 20 runs that are going to come from overthrows, buys, not going up on the one, these are all things that we're going to have to then chase. So the boys lived up to it. Everyone was on it. Um, apart from kind of one drop catch, I think, or maybe two. Um, in the slip cordon, pretty tough catches. Apart from that, everyone's so can't couldn't ask for more. Uh, really impressive kind of effort in that field. Um, and it was a very attainable score, one six four. I mean, we've scored more than that in, in in a lot of games for that Sunday team. So in my head, that was a very very achievable score. Yeah, and then in reply, Macclesfield getting over the line, one hundred and sixty eight for nine bit of a thriller in 39.4 overs and um pleasingly i suppose from the from a future and a development point of view um there was robbie aforementioned playing and, and rob farmer um neither of who who neither of whom really managed to, to score too many runs and actually if we look at the the mainstay of of the innings you've got sam mcdowell opening the batting there getting 16 jacob tidswell uh, 11 yourself uh, a captain's innings of 35 and then charlie ackley james ross and ben farmer making 30 16 and 28 respectively uh with duncan ross uh, a cheeky little one not out to to help help the team over the line it must be really pleasing to see the, the young lads stepping up there and and you know when you've got your number 10 in ben farmer scoring 28 not out to win the game uh must have been a really really great intense finish yeah no it was um it was nerve-wracking from from my point of view um opened up it was looking pretty positive uh sam was was playing really well and and robbie was staying in which is all i kind of asked him to do and just keep sam in there and and obviously uses kind of more kind of mature he's had got more experience and, and just keep sam calm and, and keep him in but robbie i think he managed to face a, a load of balls just couldn't couldn't really get the bat on the ball in terms of runs managed to get out um Jacob went in and, and those two boys under 13 stayed in there together. And that was really good to see playing a really mature and, and calm innings. And, and it would look really good. Um, and then unfortunately Sam was out, Robin went in and, and I was thought, okay, Robin's going in, steady the innings. And I think he just um, kind of got, got, a, got a good ball um, through the gate and, and that was it. Uh, Harry goes in and I was thinking at this point, this is a collapse. This is all within two overs. We've got three wickets down I'm rushing to get my pads on at, at six in the, the eighth or the ninth, tenth over or whatever it is. And, and it, it's seeming like it's all going downhill at this point. Um, I then go in and, and try to kind of steady up a little bit. Um, tried not to do my my normal thing of, of in for one or two overs, um, but tried to steady up. Harry's out, Charlie comes in and, and Charlie like he has a few times this season has, has really impressed me with the bat. Um, very mature, playing good shots, running very good singles, um, and just playing the game like it needs to be played. So, all um, yeah, all respect to him for that. James goes in, same thing, really mature for a young guy, and gets out. Ben Farmer's in, and, and I'm watching on the sideline. I think there's there's seven or eight overs. I've gone then gone into umpire, and and I'm thinking there's no way, absolutely no way. Um, we needed whatever it was. I think we needed forty five off five overs something like that and they keep going and going and it, the run rate keeps dropping down and and we're two overs um going from the end and i think we need uh 17 off the last two um and 
uh, unfortunately, the second last ball um, of the second last over, uh, Charlie got out, um, just literally trying to trying to hoik one, um, and unfortunately, that was it. And I thought that was it at the end of that. Um, Duncan goes in, and and all I said to Duncan was. Uh, Get, get Ben on strike because Ben was hitting the ball well, hitting a lot of fours, hitting boundaries and, and really seeing it. Uh, so Duncan manages to, to kind of glove one away uh, down the <laughs> down to the, the deep fine leg and and managed to grab a one. Uh, ben goes in and that was it. I was like six balls. I think we need a seven or eight off six balls and, and he's hit a two, a four and a four and then he's hit a, a six to win it. So... Um, yeah, great performance from Ben and, and managed to stick at it with a, with a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation on his shoulders. But no, he, uh, he kept his cool and, and it was really great to watch going down to the wire. Excellent. And a really appropriate way to kind of, uh, well, not quite round up the season because it was the second to last game. But um, nonetheless, uh, a great performance and a great win. So, uh, you know, before we wrap up the podcast, just want to, uh, as I say, sort of uh, thank you again for, for stepping into the breach, mate, and taking on the captaincy. I know, I know you've become uh, very popular um, in the team and, you know, you're obviously offering a lot to the club. So so all credit to you for that. And I'm sure we look forward to seeing uh, seeing you and hearing from you next year. Yeah, no, definitely. It's um, it's something which which I, I look forward to doing again, and and hopefully um, bringing up more players and and getting some of the lot, getting some of the same players back in and and getting them some more experience. But it's been great to come on the podcast as well and and chat to you a few few times over the season as well, and and keep everyone up to date with with what's going on. But once again, thanks to to the club that came down and supported um, everyone that played for the Sunday team, uh, everyone that helped me find players last minute. Um, I really appreciate it, and and wouldn't be able to do it without without everyone. Very good, mate. Well, uh, before we ride off into the uh, into the sunset, any uh, any little updates from the rugby club? Anything you want to tell us? You are a Macclesfield dual code. Uh, well, I won't say international, but Macclesfield dual code sportsman. Uh, yeah, anything exciting going on at the rugby club? Um, yeah, so season's just started. Um, the first team have been 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 going well. So won their first two games um, pretty pretty well. And then the the twos have, have lost their first two, but it can it can only get better. But yeah, it's good to be good to be back in there, and and it's good to have uh, that social side back and and have that social side at the cricket in the summer and the social side at, at the rugby in the winter. So it never stops from from my side. But yeah, um, anyone who's who's at a loose end at a weekend, um, get down to to Parry Park and, and have a watch and have a beer, and that'd be good to see everyone. Very good, Tej. All the best, mate. We'll speak soon. Yeah, speak to you later, Mars. Cheers.